Are you ready, Mark? As ready as I'll okay, ever be. Right. So, three, two, one. Yes, it really is called the worst lightning talk in history. And I'd like to thank the organizers for their bravery in accepting the talk. Um, hopefully, if anything goes wrong, we can always blame it. Uh, we can always say it was planned. So I'm Mark, I'm an Agile coach, I'm a consultant, I'm a conference organizer based here in Cambridge, about five minutes down that way. Um, I'm gonna to talk to you today about a really simple creativity technique, a game that I've used for a number of years now. Um, I first learned about creativity techniques uh, from a book, uh, Innovation Games, in 2006, that was written by Luke Coleman. Um, what I found is, uh, these games, it really struck a chord with me, and I started applying the games in my work. They were fun, um, they got people energized, and they also got results that sitting around the room talking didn't. Uh, in 2010, another book came out, Game Storming, and the game I'm gonna to talk to you about today comes from that book. So, hands up, have you ever been stuck for ideas, either in a business or personal problem? Okay, quite a few people. Um, have you ever lost interest in a problem or motivation around it? Again, stick your hands up. Okay, so most of you. So what I'm gonna tell you about today is a technique called the anti-problem. And this is a really simple game to play involving a few post-its and pens. I've applied it in a lot of different settings and I'd like to share my experience of that with you today. So the basic idea of the anti-problem is that you take the problem you're trying to solve, then you turn it around into its opposite, and you then try and solve that opposite problem. And that generates ideas that you can then discuss and have insights around your original problem. So for example, if you're stuck hiring people, you could turn that around and say, how could I deter people from ever applying to my company again? <laughs> and this brings fresh thinking and insight into the original problem. So I first used the anti-problem, I guess, about five years ago. I was working with a software team at a Cambridge-based software company. Um, we were struggling a bit because we had a lot of uh, support requests coming in from the business. So we were kind of maintaining the business systems. But we also had a lot of really quite big, chunky projects. And we were struggling to kind of balance things. We tried a few different experiments in organizing the work. But nobody, including us, apart from Colin, uh, was very happy with what we were doing. So we ran the anti-problem with the team. We gave them 10 minutes, we put them in pairs, and they came up with about 40 ideas, including randomly changing work priorities, opening a call center in India, uh, having people submit requests in triplicate, and this particularly telling one here, do it like we're currently doing it. That was, <laughs> that was here. So yeah, we, had, we obviously had to change something. Not everyone had bought into that, so we got the company more involved in setting priorities. Um, the anti-problem isn't just about, um, isn't just when you're unstuck. You can actually apply it in other situations as well. Sorry, that hasn't come out very well. Um, so I gave this, a version of this talk a couple of years ago in Bristol, and I was traveling down on the train, speaking with my colleague Ryan at the time about how to improve the um, emerging talk that I had on the train down to the conference. And we said, well, why don't we turn it around and say, um, you know, run the anti-problem on it. So uh, we spent a couple of minutes kind of brainstorming on the train. Again, we came up with 15 or 20 ideas, including uh, chewing gum, taking a phone call during the talk, <laughs> talking for hours, live tweeting, etc. Uh, Ryan came up with this one, though, which was speaking a different language. So, you know, I could, I could speak Gaelic. Probably not many people in the audience can speak Gaelic. 
But the insight for me was that could also be something like jargon. So I went back to the talk and I took out a few of the jargon instances. Um, I'm speaking as fast as Elizabeth here, sorry. Um, in 2013, I hired a personal assistant for the business. I wanted someone to free up my time. So what we did, we had a day, we had a day with the candidates. Uh, we, had, we, had, we planned an activity to give them a feel of what the company would be like and what it'd be like working with us as individuals. Um, we also wanted to put them under a bit of time pressure on an activity, much like a lightning talk. So we ran the anti-problem, which was, how could you be the worst PA in the world for Mark? We hired, we hired Emily. She was absolutely terrible. Um, she had 17 ideas in five minutes, including being drunk, not answering email, losing the post, setting up meetings, but not telling me about them. It's brilliant. <laughs> So she showed, she showed a really great understanding of what it would be to be a terrible PA, which we took to be a good understanding of what it would be to be a great PA. We got her this worst PA necklace, and she'll never work anywhere else again. <laughs> I'd like to share a couple of other examples of the anti-problem. So when I'm starting a new project, I'll often ask the team, how could we really screw this up? Uh, teams are often thinking how to do the right thing at that point. Rarely, how, can, how to do the wrong thing. So new, new insights can emerge there, such as keeping in touch with stakeholders. I've often used it as a conference opening. How could we make a conference a terrible experience? The best example I've had is fill in detailed timesheets at the end. <laughs> so I've seen a lot, of, a lot of benefits with the anti-problem. You, know, you get a lot of new ideas, energy uh, emerging. Uh, it can show you you've, got, you've not solved the problem you thought you had solved. It checks people's understanding. You can use it to align teams around a goal. Uh, it reframes the problem, so you can come up with a new problem that you can solve in place of the old one you couldn't solve. It surfaces difference of opinion and strong feelings, and it's a lot of fun as well. Uh, so to recap, uh, to try the anti-problem, you take the problem you've got, the one you're stuck on or you've lost motivation on, you turn it into a, an opposite form of itself. You then think of ideas that could address that opposite form Discuss those ideas to see what emerges, uh, and <laughs> there you are. So, um, yeah, so, and trying to do that can bring new insights into the, into the problem, the original problem. Two, one. So, if you're stuck for anti-problems, you've not thought of any already, I've got three here for free. Think about your office environment. What more could you do to stifle your colleagues' creativity? <laughs> Think about your product support process. How could you make your customers come down to your office and burn it down? <laughs> Finally, think about your website checkout process. How could you make even more customers abandon it even more quickly? So we've got a checklist here. I'll just get a bit closer. So too many bullet points on one slide? Yes. Tweeting banned during talk? No. Encouraged. Too many different points covered? Probably. Excessive self-promotion, talk to me later. Use a tiny font in weird colors, yes. Use the same slide more than once, yes. Digressed, not too much. Use terrible clip art, yes. Included a non-working software demo, no. Spoke like a cattle auctioneer, no. Fast, but nowhere near Elizabeth's rate. Drunk and incoherent, maybe later. Talk over ran, it just did. Thank you. Thanks for watching that talk from Business of Software Conference. Hope you enjoyed it. 
For more talks, go to thebln.com or better still, come and join us at the next Business Software Conference. They run in Europe and the US. See you soon. Thank you.